Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. You don't have to be all the way broken down before you get open to the Lord. But if need be, God will take it that way. He'll take you that way. So they may not have feared the Lord before because remember, they captured the ark. This was a prize just several months ago. We got this from them. But it's no longer a prize to have God's presence, God's ark, to have him. Here's the thing, to have God's presence without being in right communion relationship with God is not going to be a blessing. And that's what they're learning right now. Sometimes we need to be completely broken before we go to someone for help. In today's message, Pastor Bill says that we don't have to be all the way broken down to talk to the Lord. God has an open ear anytime we need him. Whether you're in a joyful place or sorrowful place, God is still the same. He loves you and wants you to share anything and everything with Him. God is always the same. Knowing this truth should allow you to trust Him and know that no matter what, He is always by your side. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 6, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. You guys have your Bibles. If you guys will open up to 1 Samuel chapter 6, we're going to learn about the fear of the Lord. So 1 Samuel chapter 6, if someone were to ask you, do you fear the Lord? What would you say? And, And how does that reflect in your life? Just think on it, meditate on it. Um, we're going to learn about it tonight, and hopefully we'll, we'll leave tonight with a, a, a correct understanding of the fear of the Lord that we might walk rightly before Him. Amen? I was thinking over my own life, and you know, there, there have been instances in my life where I didn't rightly revere someone that I should have revered in a greater way. Um, have anybody had that happen where there was someone you should have, you if, if you had known who they really were, you would have had more respect? Uh, or you would have revered them better. Um, here's a scenario. Uh, one of my best friends growing up, my, his name was Jeff Moyes. Uh, we're still friends to this day. And he spent the night at my house. And you guys know I'm kind of a jokester and I'm a goofy guy. Well, my friend was much like that. And I know you guys have ever had friends where when you guys get together, it just, you guys can't help us. You guys can't stop messing around or whatever. This was that kid for me. We would just get each other into trouble. So there was a, we were in, I think, fourth or fifth grade. In fifth grade, it was a basketball practice on a Saturday for our school. And so me and him rode our bikes to the, you know, to the school for this uh, Saturday morning basketball practice. We're trying to we're all trying out to make the basketball team. The guy that was the coach for basketball was also a PE teacher at the school. So we were kind of familiar with maybe we were too familiar with him. Um, didn't really see him as an authority. He was just like, oh, that's Coach Ron, you know, or whatever. So me and my buddy are there, and we're, we're bagging on kids. Y'all know what bagging is? So we're bagging on each other, bagging on kids. One kid showed up to the, to the practice, and instead of like a sweatsuit, he had on, it was pajamas that he was, he was using them like a sweatsuit, and they had like the little balls of lint all over them. So we saw that, and we just started going and going and going, and we couldn't stop laughing. And the coaches, the coaches in our face, you got to stop it right now. And we're just like, I stop, and then I would look at him, and then I would lose it. And eventually, after he couldn't contain us, he said, go, get out of here, like, send us home. 
And I remember going home and I was like, we got to hang out for a while. We can't just go. I can't just go right back home. And then next week, I got to I gotta figure out how to get back on the team because I can't tell my mom that I got put off the basketball team. And it, it grew. I grew an understanding that week, like as we were going back begging. And he was like, no, y'all disrespected me. You know, he did eventually let us back on. But he made us beg. He made us run. He made us do all this other stuff. But I grew an understanding that week that – Coach Ron, the PE guy, he actually could kick me off. The, I got, if I don't have a right relationship with him, I don't get to play sports. And he coached all the boys' sports at our school, the small school. So um, that was an instance for me where I was learning how to revere someone. Today in this chapter, we're covering tonight both the Philistines who were adversaries to the God of Israel and the Israelites who should have known how to revere the God of Israel. They're going to both learn about the fear of of the Lord. If you guys remember from last week, the Philistines had the ark and because they had the ark, what was happening to them? Anybody remember? They were they were they were breaking out. They was having problems. Uh, they was <laughs> they were breaking out in, in, in their private places with with uh, with with uh, they had hemorrhoids and tumors that we're going to see today. And uh, we also learned there was an infestation of rats. That's how come some people think that it was the it was the blue blonic plague or something along those lines. But God really everywhere that the Philistines were, God just broke out against them with this plague. And so they were done. They were like, man, we we got to give this ark back and we got to appease the God of Israel best we can. So pick up with me now at first Samuel chapter six, verse one. It says, now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. So it was seven months that they've been going through it with the ark in their land. Um, it says, and the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners saying, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it to his place. I want you to know when people don't know God, who they got to go to. They call for their spiritual advisors. They call for their diviners at their soothsayers and spiritists. They're like, give me the palm readers. Give me somebody. Tell us what we got to do to appease this God and send it back to him. Verse three. So they said, if you send it away, the ark of God, the God, of, I'm sorry, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means, return it to him with a trespass offering. Then you will be healed and it will be known to you why his hand has not removed from you. And they said, what is the trespass offering? We shall return to him. They answered five golden tumors. So the tumors would be, this would be a replication of the, the hemorrhoids that they were seeing on their bodies. They make a gold version of that. And it says, and five golden rats, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. Therefore, you shall make images of your tumors and images of your rats and that ravage the land and you shall give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from you, from your gods and from your land. And so let me stop there before I go to verse six. So. This is what they come up with. These are non-believers. They got pagan advisors, but they're on to something. They know that the God of Israel received trespass offerings from his people. Uh, it was a common practice for these pagan worshipers that they would they would often, you know, make golden images of whatever was plaguing them in order to appease their gods. And so they said, let's let's we're being plagued with rats and these tumors. So let's make golden. Can you imagine that they're going to make golden replications 
of the hemorrhoids and tumors and whatnot in the rats. And they said, God, we're going to offer up solid gold tumors back to you as a trespass offering that you might like lighten your hand. Maybe, maybe he's going to lighten his hand from us. I want you to understand how at the end of their robe they had to be. Of seven months of this, and notice what it says. Nobody was exempt, right? If you were a lord of the field, that means you were you one of the kings. It was five kings. God touched them too. And what that told the people of Israel that the God of Israel, he has touched your gods. He did not, what did he do to their God when the ark was in there in, in, in the place with Dagon? He fell down, worshiped God, broke all into pieces. They said, he didn't he afflicted your God and your kings and all your people. This is what they were learning that day. We are nothing to the God of Israel. He is smoking us, not just the people, but our gods and our kings as well. None of us is exempt from the hand of the Lord. And that's, that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a powerful lesson that they're learning, but they're learning it. These, these pagan worshiping people are learning that they can't, they're, they're nothing, their gods are nothing, their kings are nothing. Um, they got to come to the God of Israel on his terms and they're trying to figure out what they are. Verse six says, why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he did mighty things among them, did they not let the people go that they might depart? And so I want you to note that these non-believers have dug into the word of God. Did you catch that? These pagans, the Philistines, hey, hey, hey y'all remember? Remember Egypt? Remember when Pharaoh wouldn't let him go? Remember that he hardened his heart? Look at what God did. They, he's warning them. Their, their, their spiritual advisor saying, look, man, look, we can't help you guys out. But don't. remember when Pharaoh wouldn't let him go. Y'all need to concede and, and give him back his ark. Let his ark go. Um, they don't have God's people, but they got God's ark. And they're saying, man, we better let it go. Remember what happened in Egypt. And so interesting. And I, I find this to be true in our day. Um, that there are times when people that don't even know God, but when stuff goes bad enough, they're like, hey, you know, hey, we pray for me, bro. You know, I, I've had not people, people that don't believe, but if something goes bad enough, I'll take that prayer, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. And maybe that'll work. I'm, I'm open. You know, they, they get a lot more open as things go down the road. Well, Philistines here are open. Brokenness many times brings openness. I'm going to just give you a clue and a hint. It don't take all that, right? You don't have to be all the way broken down before you get open to the Lord. But if need be, God will take it that way. He'll take you that way. So they may not have feared the Lord before because remember, they captured the ark. This was a prize just several months ago. We got this from them. But it's no longer a prize to have God's presence, God's ark, to have him. Here's the thing, to have God's presence Without being in right communion relationship with God, it's not going to be a blessing. And that's what they're learning right now. Now, if you can be right with God, we look forward to his presence. Amen. We come together and we worship. We, we're, we're, we're trying to get into the presence of God. We sing praises because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. When you know him and you're right with him, his presence is a, it's a, it's a desired. We want to be in God's presence. I want to be close to the Lord. But to not know the Lord and to be at odds with the Lord, but to, you know, and then to have his presence near, not necessarily a good thing, not unless you're getting ready to make a change, not, not unless you're getting ready to come to faith. Um, and so that's what the Philistines have been experiencing. God's heavy hand against them because they don't know the Lord, because the Philistines have historically been against the people of God. They have been against God's kids. They've been hindering the work of God. God said, y'all ain't my friends. 
We're not cool, you know, with the Philistines. And so he's giving it to them. Tumors, rats, um, they're being plagued uh, all over the place. Now, uh, let's move on down to verse uh, 7. Um, look at verse 7 with me. It says, now, therefore, make a new cart and take two milk cows, which have never been yoked, and hitch the cows to the cart and take their calves home away from them. Then take the ark of the Lord and set it on the cart and put the articles of gold, which you are returning to him as a trespass offering in a chest by its side. Then send it away and let it go and watch if it goes up the road to its own territory to Beth Shemesh. Then he has done this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us. It happened to us by chance. So, again, they're receiving counsel from their spiritual advisors, and this is what they've been told to do. They say, get the ark. They built the cart. They put the ark on a cart. Now, for you guys that know the Old Testament, the Leviticus, is the cart, does the ark go on a cart? Not supposed to. But they get a little bit of a pass because these are non-believers. They don't know no better. They build a cart. They put the ark on the cart. And they say, look, take two new cows. Now, these will be cows that, that they're just coming from home. So their maternal, their internal instinct would be to go back home. So they said, now, when we hitch these cows to this cart, if they go up to Beth Shemesh and they don't go back home, we know God did this to us. Now, if they go right on back home, then we, then, then we know this isn't the hand of God. This just happened to us by chance. Um, kind of similar, they're throwing out their own kind of fleece as they're trying to sort out, is, did God do this to us or not? They're pretty sure it was God, but they're not sure. So they said, well, let's just, let's just see if this is actually God that did this to us. And so this is how they're sorting it out. Verse 10 now, then the men did so. They took two milk cows and hitched them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. So again, the maternal instinct of these these cows will be to go get their calves, to go where their calves are. They, they left their, they, they've been taken away from their calves and they're being hitched up to this ark, to this uh, cart. Verse 11, and they set the ark of the Lord on the cart and the chest with the gold rats and the images of their tumors. Verse 12, then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh and went along the highway lowing as they went and did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. So this would have, for them, this would have told them, okay, it was the hand of God. The cows didn't, they didn't look back for the babies. They went straight on up the road to Beth Shemesh. And that was, that was the, that was the sign that they were looking for that, okay, this was the hand of God. So let me slow down just a bit. What would have settled in? They already getting whomped on. They already got tumors. They got rats. Things are going terrible. It's been seven months of this mess. And they're like, well, maybe, maybe it's not God. Maybe it's just, and, and now God just, in, in the way that they could understand, let them know, now that's me. I did this to you. This is the hand of God. This is, yeah, you got it right. The hand of God is against you. I want you to think about what that would feel like to know that it's God's hand against you. Because we, as children, as Christians, we, we've all, we, we, we've experienced what it is to know God is with us. Amen? That he loves us. That he's for us. That he, he did this for me. He loved me so much he died for me. He reached out to me. He's ministering to me. He's filling me with his. We, we've experienced the hand of God for us and with us. But I want you to think about what it would be like to find that God's hand is against me. 
Uh, I would think it would be a fearful thing because who is like the Lord? Who is who is greater than him? And again, these are even though these are pagans, they they've seen they historically know about the power of the God of Israel. They heard about what he did in Egypt. They heard what he did to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the the that was the guy that was like you. You couldn't get any higher than the Pharaoh. And they heard what the God of Israel did to Pharaoh because he didn't do what he said. God said, let my people go. And he didn't let them go. And so God spanked the Pharaoh. That's in history. So at this time in history, you got non-believers that are saying, man, this 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 God of Israel, God is not a joke. Not like our little piddly gods of the Philistines that we done made up and they don't really do nothing. Now, you know, bear with me here. I would think that these guys would start saying, man, I'm going to worship the God of Israel. Right. Because evidently he's the only God that's really doing something. He's really delivering his people. He's really powerful. I would think that these guys would start switching teams and just say, man, I'm, I'm going to head over there to I'm going to go on and worship y'all. This daggone God all broken into pieces. I, I, I quit him. Um, you know, uh, that's what that's what you would think would happen. Right. I got accused years ago. Um, you know, L.A. haven't had a football team for a long time. So according to basketball, as far as basketball go, I've been a Lakers fan, you know, since I was born. But football, I have options. Right. I don't got to be the fan of I, if, 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 if my city don't have a team, I get to pick a winner, don't I? And so that's what I would do, right? I would, for a while, roll with the Ravens uh, and, and, and today got the Super Bowl. Then I was rolling with the Seahawks because then they got the Super Bowl. And somebody called me, they called me Bandwagon Bill. And I said, hey, you know, I, hey, that's, I'm going to go ahead and why, why I got to hang on to a losing organization? You know, I'm, it's, and it's a winning team over here. It's a perfectly good winning team for me to join over here. Uh, that's what I'm going to go do. Now, now we got the Rams and so I'm, I'm going to settle down and I'm going to try to be faithful to the Rams. I gotta, I, I'm trying to get theirs. They, uh, they, 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 you know, so we'll see how it goes. But, uh, but before this year, I was proud. Bandwagon Bill. Ain't no problem with that. I'm, I'm, why pick a loser when I can pick a winner? You know, so I would think that the Philistines would be stiff. It's time to switch up, man. This, the, our guys do nothing for us. They, 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 don't come, they didn't take away the tumors. They didn't stop this other guy from wrecking havoc on us with rats and tumors for seven months, I would think that they would come to themselves. There's at least a fear of the Lord that causes them to say, look, we need to give him back his thing and, 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 and appease him. Here's an offering. Here's gold. Uh, we're going to do the best. We're going to do the best we know how to do to appease him. And that's evidence of a fear of the Lord. They, they, they grew to a point where there was a fear and a reverence for the God of Israel that they really don't know. Verse 12 now, it says, the cow, again, the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh, and they went along the highway lowing as they went, and they did not turn to the right or to the left. The lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. So the, the Philistines watched all the way to sea, and they saw the ark and the cart and the cows on off into the land of Israel to Beth Shemesh. And so now... We switch up and we're going to see God deal with his people as they're going to receive the ark. So look at verse 13 now. It says, now the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. And they lifted their eyes and they saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. So it starts off pretty well. The, 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 the men or the people of Beth Shemesh, they were, it was harvest time. They were reaping their harvest and they looked up their eyes and they saw the ark coming on the cart 
And it says when they saw it, they said they rejoiced to see it. They were excited. Um, the ark represented to the to the Israelites the presence of Almighty God. You guys remember the ark used to be in the, the temple or the tabernacle in the what? Anybody know where it was kept? In the Holy of Holies. This is going to be very important later. So let me let me let me place this for us. The ark had articles in it that God had told them to put in it. Um, the ark represented the presence of Almighty God and the ark was kept in the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies. So this was behind the veil. This is in a, a place where where only the high priest could go in once per year when he went in to make uh, atoning sacrifice for the people. And so it was a holy, holy, holy place. And again, it represented God's presence, God's presence with the people. Now, when we come to the end of our study tonight, I'm going to remind you of this. But for New Testament believers, there's no Ark of the Covenant. There's no Ark. There's no Holy of Holies. There's no temple or tabernacle. Today, if I ask someone this, where is the Holy of Holies today? What would you say? Somebody say it out loud. Say it like you mean it. Okay. He, he pointed to his chest. Right on. So today, you are the Holy of Holies. The, I, I don't know if you know, we'll, we'll get to a verse a little later where I show you guys that. But I want you to think about this. This, this article that they're carrying that represents the presence of God, where, the, where God's presence dwelt inside, you and me are that today. There is no thing. There is no, no, no physical thing. You and me are where God's presence dwells. And so we'll, we'll, we'll just remember that. We'll, we'll come to that at the end. So the Philistines see it coming. They rejoice to see it. It's an exciting thing. It's kind of says for them, God's going to be back with us. But remember, before all this happened, was Israel in a good place? No, they had made the mistake of looking at the Ark of the Covenant like a like a like a like a lucky charm. They weren't really valuing the presence of the Lord. They were looking at the Ark like a like a good luck charm. And they got spanked for that. That's how come they got defeated. That's how come it was taken in the first place. So now pick up in verse 14 with me. It says, then the Ark came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stood there. A large stone was there. So they split the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it in which, in which were the articles of gold and put them on the large stone. Then the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So everything starts off very well. They're doing all the right things. They took that cart that was not supposed to be carrying the ark and they broke it up, took the wood and said, we're going to use that wood to offer these cows as a sacrifice to the Lord. And they did that. There was a large stone there. They put the gold that, that you know, the gold tumors and rats. They put that on the stone. They said, let's let's give glory to God in the way that God has prescribed for us in the word. And they offered sacrifices and burnt offerings to the Lord that day. So far, so good. Things are going in the right direction for them. Verse 16 says, so when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. So once the Philistines saw that the Israelites received it and were doing their thing, they said, okay, well, now we should be okay. And they headed on back to their, their part of town. Verse, verse 17, then um, these are the golden tumors which the Philistines returned as a trespass offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, and one for Ekron. 
So the five lords of the Philistines, there was one for each of them because they all had been they all had been afflicted by the Lord, you know, by these things. So the, the lords of the Philistines, man, make sure you give give God something for us to make sure I want I want this off of me, you know. So they offered these one for each of them. You've been listening to a transforming word. As Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Samuel, this book covers some interesting history in the Jewish nation of Israel. The book starts with a prophet declaring the first king of Israel, and the book ends with the death of this same king. Why did Israel desire to have a king so badly? Was it a case of everyone else has one, so we should too? It seemed to have been a situation where the people wanted a person to rule and reign over them, rather than just trusting God to do the kingly duties. As we all know, humans have a tendency to fail and falter, and the first king of Israel was no stranger to this. King Saul started off well, but he didn't end well. Power, prestige, disobedience, and insecurity were all part of his downfall. May these messages in the book of 1 Samuel be a good reminder and a lesson that no matter what man attempts to do, without God, things will surely crumble. If you'd like to hear this message again, or listen to more messages from 1 Samuel, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you have some questions that you'd like answered, or need someone to talk to, we're happy to speak with you and try to answer those questions. Just call or text 310-245-4811. Once more, that number is 310-245-4811. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Thank you for spending time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel, here on A Transforming Word.